0: This episode is brought to you by Bless Bites, the best tasting healthy snack in the game. They have their perfect balance of plant protein, whole fiber, and healthy fats. Because of this, they can help you feel sharp, balanced, and strong for hours on end. I can personally vouch for this product and the people behind it, because they've completely changed my life with their nutrient-dense seed flour. Having struggled with celiac disease and other autoimmune issues over the course of my life, finding snacks that I'm not allergic to can be really hard. On top of that, as an avid athlete, the snacks that I can eat Often leave me feeling underwhelmed and don't give me the nutrients I need to operate at my most optimal self. I wholeheartedly believe that food is medicine and can help you live a healthier and happier life. So go live your best life. Head to myblessbites.com and use code THRIVE ten to get ten percent off your first order of this game changing product. What's up? My name is C J Finley and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's conversation is with Ali Holcomb, a master networker here in Austin, Texas, who is definitely worth meeting up with. During this episode, we chat about how to quit what is not working for you so that you can spend your time going after things you want in life, as well as how to adjust and adapt to new cities, new experiences, and new people that you can build rockstar communities with. Allie's approach to life is an inspiration to all those who refuse to settle for less than what they are after. And she is a huge reminder for me to continue to push the needle forwards on my own dreams. Now it is her chance to be your reminder as well. So let's get into episode 99 with Allie Holcomb. What is up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finley here, back with another episode of the Thrive on Life podcast. It is Friday here in Austin, Texas. It's starting to get sunny again, and I am very excited for this weekend. But more importantly, right now I have sitting across from me a good friend of mine here in Austin who is also new to Austin, pretty new, rather new, Miss Allie Holcomb. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing amazing. How are you doing?
0: I I've never actually I don't think I've had that question thrown back at me um, in any of the other episodes. This is episode 99, so I am very anxious to be honest because this podcast started two and a half years ago. Well, two two years and a couple months uh, ago. And just to be here kind of on the eclipse of something that I've seen and thought about for a while now is pretty um, exhilarating, Yeah, is the word, I guess. So I'm excited. And before we get to that 100, I want to give my all to 99. And I would love if you kind of just did a short introduction. I don't really do this much. But I'd love if you just give a short introduction of yourself and how you got here to Austin, Texas.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm so happy to be here and I love to talk about myself. So <laughs> that's a great conversation. As far as how I got to Austin and who I am, um, obviously I'm Allie. I grew up in a very small town, Oklahoma. I knew from a super young age that I wanted to travel the world, I wanted to meet tons of people, do amazing things. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I wanted to help change other people's lives um, and just meet as many people as I could. So I had always planned to move out of state as soon as I graduated high school. Uh, When I went off to college, I realized that in-state tuition was much cheaper, so I ended up staying here for another four years. Um, And actually, the day that I graduated, as soon as I walked across the stage, I went home, packed my bags, um, and hit the road and drove to Scottsdale, Arizona, which is where I lived for a year after college. And no money in savings um, other than like a couple weeks worth of allowance from college and had no job opportunities lined up, no interviews, but I knew that's where I wanted to be. Um, I'm a big believer that you put good things out there, you put into the universe what you want, you know, it'll happen. So I went out there, I spent a couple months looking for a job. Um, It actually got to the point where I couldn't find anything. And so I was driving Lyft for a while, which Uh, was super fun. I think most people would think that's awful, but I love talking to people. I love networking. Um, So while I was driving and making money for that short time, I was actually networking with every person I was picking up and asking them, you know, what do you do? Where are you from? Um, What do you do for a living? Do you have any job opportunities open? Uh, And during that time, I actually ended up getting a call from a university that I had applied to, and it was for kind of like a PR, like traveling position, working with students. It wasn't exactly what I wanted to do, but they mentioned that you'd be traveling for work, uh, like 50% of the time, and I was stoked about that. So I ended up taking the job. Um, it was great. It was a great company. It was paying the bills at the time. I love traveling for work, but very shortly, I realized that wasn't what I was passionate about. And I've never been someone who can fake it till you make it. I'm very much so like show my emotions, show where I'm at. And so I just kind of started finding that I wasn't being able to show up every day in and out of the office. Um, I wasn't getting my work done at home. I just wasn't fulfilled in what I was doing. So I wanted to change. And I actually went home for Christmas break that year and told my parents, like, I want to move. I don't know what I want to do, but I want to find another job. And they were like, well, you need to be smart. You know, make sure you have one (laughs) lined up before you, you do anything crazy. So mutual friend back home had connected me with a guy in the health and wellness world because I started really diving into that industry. I was super passionate about taking my health into my own hands, listening to podcasts, watching YouTube videos, like reading research, things like that. Um, And he was a trainer out in New York City. So I started following him and just seeing what he was doing day in and day out. And I'm super blunt, straight to the point. So I literally DM'd him and was just like, hey, how do I get to where you're at? How do I get to what you're doing? And in so many words, he basically said, like, if you can ever make it out to New York City sarcastically, I'll help you get started in this industry and help you get on your two feet. Um, And so, like, two weeks later, I quit my job and packed up to, like, move to New York City. Um, And I didn't have any money in savings again. Like, I never got caught up from leaving college. Uh, My parents, like, stopped giving me allowance because I was an adult at this point. But I thought, I had about $1,200, like, to my name. And I thought that was a lot going to New York City. And I ended up moving out there and soon realized that that was nothing. Um, And I had one job opportunity lined up out there working at, like, a health and wellness spa um, outside of I was going to be doing with this guy which I didn't know exactly what that was yet but I was excited I was like ready to take the plunge so I went out there I actually lived in an Airbnb for like three or four months until I could get into a place afford to get into a place so I had to get a few paychecks from my first job out there so then I finally got in I got settled in in downtown Brooklyn and I was doing a lot in New York Um, I was working for a nonprofit called biohack the world helping do some co-hosting there I was working at the health and wellness spa. I was doing personal training, working with the guy that I had originally moved out there to work underneath, learning a lot from him. I started doing marketing and social media for a CBD company down the road. Unfortunately, even with three or four incomes, that's still not a lot in New York. So it's still super paycheck to paycheck, but it was awesome out there. I met amazing people. I was chasing my dreams. I was doing what I wanted to do. And I finally just started to get settled in and really figure out like, what I was going to be doing next, what the future kind of looked like, and then the pandemic hit. And so I ended up moving back to Oklahoma temporarily. Um, I moved out of my apartment because I didn't want to pay rent if I wasn't going to be working. So I kind of went home, started all over, like thought I was in New York City. The goal was to be there for five to 10 years and then relocate, find home, start a family. Uh, But that kind of got turned upside down. For most people, this would have been super tragic. And I was really sad to go. I wasn't ready to like be uprooted. But I just think life is such an adventure and as sad as I was to be leaving New York, I was excited to figure out what was to come next because I really do think everything happens for a reason and situations like that make us more tough. So I was home for six or seven months just kind of trying to figure out, am I going to stay in training? Um, You know, did I enjoy it? Was I making enough for this to be sustainable? I've always wanted to possibly get into like co-hosting a podcast or do something like that, which was part of what I was possibly doing out in New York City before I left there. I thought about trying to kind of start up more the entrepreneurial life. And I just, I wasn't for sure. I thought about going back to school. So Austin, Texas is only five hours from Oklahoma. It's a lot closer than Arizona or New York. I knew there was a big health and wellness scene here. Um, and I had made a couple connections just like through friends. And so I was like, well, let's move. I had some money saved up from unemployment and I wasn't sure what I was going to be doing, but I moved down here and decided I would figure it out once I got here, but I was just ready for next chapter. So I've been here since October. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so in love with this city. I was, I tell everyone I was hoping I hated it. So I had every reason to move <laughs> back to New York, but I'm in love and I, I think I'm staying put for a while. So
0: that's awesome. And one of the reasons that I wanted to have you share all that is because I knew you had kind of been bouncing around and it's something that I've done in the past. And its it's really something that I want to encourage other people to do is if it's not right, like just ride the wave. And I think a lot of people, they know it's not the right fit for years. And then they don't do what you did. Like even you had that one job and how many people right out of college are like, you know what, like, I'm just going to suffer here for three or four more years to to get my savings up and make myself feel good by looking at a bank account. Like, think how I, I've thought about this before. Like, how stupid that is. Like, I'm going to suffer right now in today's world just so I can see a number in some account raise rather than what you did, which is like, you know what? Like, I'll figure it out. Let's move to where my heart and my gut is pulling me each and every time, and then you kind of figure it out. I'd love to know, like, what were some of the kind of like unique problems that you experience when you're trying to move cities, jobs, meet new people, what is something that like most people don't think about becomes an issue?
1: Yeah, well, I think one of the number one things that I hear from everyone is how did you move somewhere where you knew nobody? And I guess that this is more of a mindset shift than necessarily like a problem to have. And I tell people all the time, at least this was my attitude, and I think more people should be open to this. Life is just too short, in my opinion, to stay in your comfort zone and continue to be around the same people that you've been around your entire life. I have my best friends and family back home, and I love to visit. I love to be around them, and it's very nostalgic. But I'm already 25 and I feel like life is just flying by and I just want to meet as many incredible people as I can doing different things and meeting people that I know nothing about. I want to hear new stories. I want to go on, you know, new adventures with people. So I think that first and foremost, don't be afraid of change. Don't be afraid to start over by yourself. Don't be afraid to be alone. Like you're going to meet the right people at the right time. And I think the second thing is most people think that they have to have the perfect job lined up or the perfect house set up before they can move. And I guess in some situations, maybe if you have kids or things like that, that might be more ideal. You might need a little bit more of that like safety net. But for me, again, I, I think just looking at it more as like what's meant to be will be having a little bit more of, like that excitement behind your decision and kind of allowing that to take you there and just figure out like what, what you're supposed to do, where you're supposed to be at. I would say that those two things is really just a mindset shift more than anything is being okay with not being 100% sure. Um, And I had that thought process. Like when I went to New York City, like I said, I had no idea if I was going to be able to make it there or not. And the way that I looked at it is I can always come back home. I can always crash on my parents' like couch if I need to for a few months and figure the next step out if I fail. But I like to go into it with the mindset of that's not an option. I'll figure something out. Even if I have to like work in fast food for a while, work at a gas station, like do whatever. I'm going to make it work if that's where I want to be. Um and so I find that with most people it's the mindset barriers that keep us put in place more than, you know, like financial or like physical boundaries.
0: I think it's you're hitting the nail on the head and I think it stems from the ego of I've gotten to a certain point in my life so I can't go back and I think a lot of people don't want to take a couple steps back to like slingshot themselves forward and they don't understand like for instance in my career path it was I spent five years and a lot of money to get an engineering degree trying to live and survive and, and thrive doing that and you have to look in the mirror and be like is this making me happy? The money's great but is this making me happy? No, okay so if I want to pivot careers, I'm going to have to be the low man on the totem pole again. So a lot of people don't want to do that though, because the ego gets the best of them. And what I mean by that is like, say you're an entry-level employee and then you become a manager somewhere, but you don't even like the company that you're a manager at. Well, you might have to go be an entry-level employee somewhere else in a different industry that you do love, but how many people don't do that because they just want the title of manager and they don't want to have to tell their friends, family, whoever. So it's interesting that you talk about that because I think that's a major player in why people don't do what you did is more so the ego side of things where I spent money, I spent time, I spent energy. I don't want to quote unquote, go backwards. But in the reality, if you're doing something you love, you're actually going forwards in life. And in, in my opinion, do you have a Kickstarter's guide to like <laughs> how to up and move and get like, if, if you're going into a new city. So for those out there who might be considering, there's a lot of people moving right now and doing like even my parents who had been in my ho- home t- in my hometown for 25 plus years, they moved right. uh, a couple months ago. So what would be your like top three things to do when you get to a new city so that you're not just kind of stuck in a rut? Because like some people do move and then they get stuck in a rut. What would you say people should do if they are considering moving to kind of hit the ground running?
1: Yeah, I think. The one thing I focus on the most in life, and this has been like with my moves, with my career, with friendships, with family, is communication. I I think networking and communicating is the biggest thing you can do. That looks different for everyone, but when I was moving out to Arizona, for example, like the job opportunities that I got and being able to like move out there and find a place to stay literally came from just me taking the charge to reach out to people and just be like, hey, are you hiring? Hey, is this house available? Is, you know, I think a lot of people wait for the opportunity to come to them versus taking it like, taking the reins on the situation, if you will. That happened with me moving to Arizona. As far as moving to New York City goes, again, I just started reaching out to people, literally DMing them and being like, hey, what are you doing? Hey, are you hiring? And I think a lot of people are scared of rejection. Um, That's something that I've never feared. I've kind of always had the mindset that if you don't try, you'll never know. And so I was... I mean, like right out of college, I was applying for jobs at like Google and like places that I had no means to be. Like I did not have the experience for it. But again, I just think that, your confidence um, and your attitude like dictates a lot of your success and the opportunities that come your way. And so I would just say, st- stop being afraid to like reach out to people, to ask people questions, to call people. Um, that's literally how I've met everyone. When I when I moved to Austin, for example, um, I was working at Life Spring. Um, it was really like short-lasted because I ended up having to get into like more of a full-time job, which we could talk about later. But I called to see if they were hiring and they were not. And that's what the front desk girl told me. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to reach out to the owner. And so I actually messaged Matt and I was just like, hey, I didn't go to school for chiropractic work or anything like that, but I'm looking for a front desk job, just like part-time. This is some of what I've done. This is what I'm interested in, what I'm passionate about. Um, I called, they said, you're not hiring, but I would love just to directly speak to you about any other opportunities that like you might have upcoming. And I ended up getting a job that way. I think a lot of people are just scared to go like, to that next step. It seems like ballsy maybe, um, but i that, that's what I've done with people all what, the time.
0: And this is where, what is the worst thing that could happen when you did that?
1: They say no. And I'm just, I'm not afraid of no, because I think I focus more on the but what if they say yes, what can come from it? And just to put that into perspective, for example, he did say yes, and I had the opportunity to go in there. And even if it hadn't turned into a job opportunity, he just wanted to connect with me because I put myself out there and he liked that. And I told him what I had done, what my interests were. And I think honestly, we just thought, oh, like we could align too as possibly even like friends. And so Matt just came, was like, come in for a super informal interview. Let's just get to know each other. And in that first interview process, when I was telling him what my passion was because Matt is a really big guy in the community on like helping others, you know, find their passion, figure out, you know, what's important to them too. He had told me like, Uh, you know, here are a few names in the community I'd recommend reaching out to. And your name was dropped. And he was like, you need to meet CJ. Like he comes in here, he does this, he does this. And I think a week later you and I met. And through that, like I started going to the events. I found the gym that I started going to. Um, I started making friends through you. And like, now I have this entire community here. And that's just not being afraid to be like, oh, hey, CJ, I'm Allie. Like, what's your number? Like, we should hang out or we should grab coffee or what do you do? And I've done that with so many people in the community, just like, hey, do you want to hang out next week? Let's just chat, see where you came from, where I came from, who we know, how we can help each other grow. Um, and I think doing that with like job opportunities too, that's that's the way to do it. That's how I would kickstart moving anywhere. Just start reaching out to people. Find like things that you're interested in. It can, sounds as silly as like health and wellness ATX hashtag. Like on Instagram, you don't know what will pop up and literally just follow people, reach out to them. That's the benefits of social media. Um, there's a lot of downsides, but we can literally connect with anyone that we. You want at any point in time. And to your point, like you touched on ego earlier and that was something that I think it is so important because the job that I got right out of college, and I wanted to touch on this because I went from making like double the amount of money that I had at that job to like, half of that moving to New York City. But I was doing what I wanted to do in New York City. I was making a name for myself in a community and in an industry that I wanted to be in. That was more important to me than the paycheck. Like I would rather dance around in a trash bag outside if like that means that I'm happy and waking up doing what I want to do, versus like driving my Mercedes to the job that I absolutely hate. Um, and I think that was one area that we in so well because I've you know watched you talk about your story as far as like what you were doing in like corporate before and to where you got now and obviously you're successful but you know you didn't have that guarantee when you made that switch. And I recently watched a story on YouTube about a couple who They, I think he was making around like a 100000 It was like a six-figure job. And they wanted to like travel the world and try and build a brand for themselves. And when they started, they had their savings. And they weren't even making like $20,000 a year for the first two years. And the company like offered him more money to come back. And what he was saying is how, if he had gone back, cool. You know, he would have had that guaranteed money, but they wanted to continue to see the world and do what they want to do. He had faith in his brand. He had faith in what they could accomplish, you know, in this chapter. And now they're making like, upwards like close to a million every year and they're still getting to do what they want to do. And I think that just speaks to like a problem that most people in society have like with patience too. Um, You know, we don't expect plants to grow overnight. We can't expect our success to do that either. Like you have to water it, you have to nurture it. And we have to do the same thing with like our desires, our passions, what we're trying to build. Um, And you know, that's something that you're seeing it's been taking off, but you know, coming out of like the pandemic, you have so much going on right now. You're doing so much. You about to hit the hundredth episode of your podcast. Like things haven't slowed down for you, but it's not something that you know it was just easy to do overnight. You had to continue to water yeah, this plant.
0: Mo- most people that I hang around, everyone follows the hockey stick curve, and it's it's interesting because everyone in life that goes to college also follows the hockey stick curve. And what I mean by that is like you're going down first, like you're going into debt to go and get this magical, quote unquote, job that you don't even know. You have no idea what city you're going to live in. You have no idea who your other employees that you're sitting around are going to be. You have no idea who your boss is going to be. But most people are going $50,000 to $100,000 in the debt. But if we don't do that and we go get a job that only makes 20 to 30K a year just because we're trying to find our passion, we get looked at as the crazy ones. And it just doesn't make sense to me. And people don't really realize what they're getting themselves into, what our system is creating, And at the end of the day, like, the people that do get those jobs and they go into the corporations, like, who started that company? The person that started the company that's paying your bills and paying the hundreds of thousands of employees across the globe or whatever, like, at one point or another, he was working out of a space just like the one that I have here, and he was probably in debt. So if you look at, like, love him or hate him, Amazon – there's pictures of him freaking driving to work in his little Camry or whatever his car is. And then he had just had a one, one person office and his old ass computer. And he wanted to start it as a bookstore. Now he had a career prior to that, which was successful, right? But at the end of the day, a lot of people would have looked at like, oh, you're just, why are, you, why are you leaving that career to go backwards, to, to sit in this room alone and, and work on this computer? And what they don't really realize is every job Started as that one, It started as Allie trying to find herself, and they don't understand that. Now, the beautiful thing about Austin is most people do understand that story. So I understand the story that you're telling yourself, and I'm always telling the story you're telling here on the podcast to the audience, and I'm always super transparent. The first year out of my career, I made one-fourth of what I had made the year prior to that. This is the thing though, I was following the hockey stick curve again. That year after, I wasn't after matching my engineering salary. I was after learning enough skills so that three, four, five years down the road, I could 10X the salary that I had because I started looking at, this is how I operate. If like out of college, I was making 85K plus bonus. Then I was just like, okay, well, what is my boss making? Then what is my boss's boss making? Then what is my boss's boss's boss making? How much traveling are they doing? How stressed are they? These are the things I started looking at. And I was like, okay, the guys making about half a million dollars a year are never home with their family and their kids. They're overweight, they're stressed, and they're not people that I look up to. Okay, so then I started thinking, okay, if I'm to make a $500,000 here, it's not worth it. Okay, let me jump to the next thing. Go to another company, same thing. Within four years, I jumped to multiple different companies. I'm like, it's the same thing everywhere. Anybody that's making life-changing money, and the reason I want to make life-changing money is so I can help other people, that's the intrinsic motivation for me is if I make a half million, if I make a million, if I make 10 million, I get to then do stuff for other people that most people can't do or won't have the, the ability to do. And that's what motivates me. So I started thinking, okay, the only way to make that happen is if I go out on my own. So then I start studying, okay, if it's a hockey stick curve, I don't know how to make a million dollars. never made a million dollars. I've only made up to $100,000 working for someone else. So then I had to redo the whole equation of how do I make $1 for myself? But the problem that most people have is – they'll go to that job that you had in Arizona and then they'll jump ship or they'll do whatever and they'll be like, how do I go immediately and match my salary doing something I have no idea what I'm doing? So it would have been like me being like setting the expectation of the year I quit my job, I need to make $100,000 on my own doing my own solopreneur role when I had no idea what the hell I was doing. I didn't know how to make $1 myself, right? So the equation is always take the hockey stick curve if you look at it, exponentially you gain a bigger network, you start meeting new people, you start having new experiences, you start learning new skills and five years go by and then you're like, oh shit, that's why I made a million dollars because on the first year I only expected to make one fourth but I spent a lot of time taking courses, talking to people like yourself, things like that. And I didn't want to make that long-winded but your story hits home with me so much and I want to reiterate to anybody that's listening that if you went to college you're, you're doing the same thing that I just said.
1: Yeah. Like
0: you literally went for four to five years and you actually did something worse than what I did because you gave up money. Like yeah. you went into debt. Rather, if you want to try a new job, part-time job, like one of the best part-time jobs I think is what you did is go to a health and wellness space, whether it's fitness, chiropractic, cryo, because you're going to meet people that are the world changers. What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Ali. I hope you're loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you, though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now, you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Allie Holcomb.
1: You know, there's no how-to guide on how to be successful, right? I think a lot of people think it's black and white there's so much gray in between. What looks like success to you might look completely different to me and so on and so forth. I think at the end of the day, the one thing that it has in common for at least like intelligent people is that you are loving what you're doing. And that at the end of the day, if CJ is bringing in $6 million or he's bringing in like $60,000, it's not changing the happiness that you have from what you're doing. Obviously, that's great. I think we all want to make as much money as possible, but it really just comes down to like, again, do you enjoy waking up every day and do like doing what you're doing? I get so excited to wake up and go be around the people that I'm around every day. Like what we're doing right now is your work. This is your it's job. It's crazy,
0: right? Like and this is crazy.
1: If you like, <laughs> you know, I'm sure if you were to ask yourself like, yeah, like $100,000 out of college, that sounds great. But imagine if you could make forty dollars or $50,000, but you get to do this for. A living. Yeah. It's just changing the perspective and I think that again when we talk about like quick start guides or like how could like advice offered it's just being open minded and understanding that this life is like amazing but it is short and it really truly is what you make it. So write it down, like journal, like mm-hmm. what what do you want to do? You know, have a board with like post it notes on there. What is success to you? And then make that happen and don't let your ego get in the way because for example, like if I, that was a badass chiropractic office, right? Like we both go there. We love Lifespring. Maybe like my idea of happiness was just working with those doctors and being in that environment every day for the rest of my life. And I only make this much money. That could be success though. It's, I think it really is like what makes you happy. And I think so many people chase a dollar rather than the happiness portion of it, the being
0: fulfilled. Yeah. They, they're doing that because that's all they know. We, we, we're, Humans are habitual. Like, we see what our parents did, and they lived in a time where, like, there was no cell phone where you can connect with people. So, like, we're animals, right? I'm very into science and how, where we came from, and like the hardware that we have is we're built around community because if you're, if you walk around alone, like, you're vulnerable to attack. So, in our parents' generation, like, the familial situation is they all stayed close together because that was their protection. But now, what you're seeing in this world is like, it's more of like your friends start becoming your family because you can see other friends out there that are like-minded to you and you will protect each other in within that bubble. So you start creating these new bubbles because you actually have access to tools to get you. And that's just time. Like that is literally the existence of humanity where we get new tools every single year. And if you learn how to use those tools, you can thrive. And it's really a lot of people are not really learning how to use those tools. And it is crazy to me like to sit here. Like I'm so fired up like today I gave at 7:30 in the morning. I was able to use my laptop to go on Zoom and give a presentation to the high school that I went and play, that I played soccer at. So I gave a presentation to the men's soccer team there on leadership. And while that might have been great for them, who do you think it impacted the most? You? Me. Like I'm like holy crap, like I'm waking up excited on a Friday at 6:30.
1: Yeah
0: who does that? Like I'm excited and I'm putting together my presentation. I'm super pumped up to meet these kids and, and learn more about them and how I could be of service to them. And then afterwards I get a DM from one of them thanking me. And it's just like that built that relationship just because I decided to show up, then roll right into this next I'm going into a workout that we're hosting. And then I'm ending my day at Barton Springs uh, with clean cause. And it's just like, how the heck did I get here? But the way that I got here is that hockey stick curve and to other people, that are questioning like how long? Because I, I I get it. Like you're like, how long does that initial phase of down, down, down happen? And my answer is as long as you can withstand it. And for me, it was like I had a plan of like I'm gonna hustle, set three meetings a day every single week. That's how I met Dr. Matt. Like every week, I'm just gonna meet new people, and then it's gonna start building on top of itself. And last year was the first year that it matched my salary, and it only took two and a half years like so it took me less time to do that, and I could have done it faster than I wanted to, but I enjoy freedom I enjoy doing like right now i 'm not making money off the, like directly off this podcast on purpose, I am not making money because i 'm looking to make it authentically and organically and this is something I am letting come to fruition in the right time. Um, and then in other areas of my life, I funnel that cash so that I can have the opportunity to do this because this is really if I could make a hundred grand off this for the rest of my life and just podcast, I would do that. You're like, the richest
1: person in the world, right? Like yep. that, that's what we determine is rich can be measured in so many different ways. And I think one of the most important things that I try and tell people and you can use this as a scale, you can use this as a measurable tool if you want, is are you waking up excited to live Monday through Sunday or are you one of those people who is just living to get to the weekend? Because I have so many friends who are like, if I can just make it through Thursday or Friday, I'm good to go. I can enjoy a couple days off. Whereas where I'm at, in my life right now, like, do I still have goals to make more money? Absolutely. Do I still have more personal goals, more career goals? thousand percent. I don't think that ever changes. We're always evolving. We're always striving to hit new goals, but where I'm at right now with like my career, my life, the community that I'm involved in, which by the way, Community is everything. And we could talk forever on that, but that makes such a difference. I wake up Monday excited for the day, Tuesday excited for the day, Wednesday excited for the day. And I really set myself up right now to be at a point where every day feels like the weekend almost. Uh, You know, or I guess we shouldn't even classify it as the weekend, just every day it feels like a day that I'm getting to set up and structure for myself and do what I want to do. I started this morning off with a workout at Squatch with like my people and with Zeke and we were training. And then I got to come home and like, just, I don't know, I got to come here, it really is, like, the little things that make me feel so successful, because if I still had my other job, maybe where I was making more money, or I was doing something that looked more successful, like, the business perspective, if you will, like, I'm ranking higher, I'm doing this or that, I don't know, I wouldn't have the opportunity to do things like this, and this is what I measure as successful, the fact that at 25, I can go on a Friday for three, four hours, and hang out with, like, a good friend of mine, and just talk about life, and careers, and success, like. That is that's rich to me, and I'm just. Like, and then the money
0: comes because of that, and that's of the what passion. most people. Yeah, yeah, most people don't realize is like, money is just a byproduct. It's just energy. The energy you give is what you get out of this world, and that's where you said it earlier on the podcast. And I'd love to pick your brain on. So imagine you're 25. Let's break this into kind of increments because I'm a big believer in just like you can do anything in life, but you can't do everything. So now that you've like tried all these different things and it's it's very much the same formula that I did, which is like the way that you find out what you do wanna do is by finding out what you don't wanna do. Most and that's what most people don't understand. It's just like there's so much in the world that you haven't tried. So how are you gonna tell me you know exactly what you wanna do? You exactly. don't that's why as kids like we just pick random things that we look up to when we've never even tried them because it's just like, oh, uh, and then we try it and we're like, oh, eh, this actually isn't for me. So now that you've tried some things, like what in your eyes would you define as like the next five years? Because five years is really what it takes to like build something into fruition. What does success look like to you in the 25 to 30 age range?
1: Yeah, so for me, I think thinking about what I'm passionate about, what makes me happy. Um, I really loved personal training, but I found that I didn't, I didn't just like training. Like there's a niche there. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with, um, I may be butchering the names. There's like a guy who trains at Squatch. I think his name is Alex. I've met him like one time. Um, Him and like one other guy from the gym, they have like a basketball academy. Um, I don't know if you know who I'm talking about. I'll have to find it later. Anyways, I was chatting with him one day. I started following him on Instagram, and we were just, like, connecting and whatnot. I played basketball and track in high school just okay. for, like, whatever. Basketball's my love. Like, I love basketball so much. I can watch children play in middle school, junior high, high school, collegiate professional. does not matter. I love the sport through and through. And... One thing that I didn't have when I was playing sports and when I was going through high school, I went to a really small school. We did not have good um, like performance coaching, performance mm, training. Yeah. And I'm currently right now working through not injuries, but just imbalances, mobility issues from years of proper in training. And I really found that I'm so passionate about working with kids. Like You know how you love speaking to the high school students. There's something about, I used to always think, maybe one day I would want to be a teacher. Well, I know I don't want to be a teacher in the sense of like going to school every day and teaching kids, social studies, science, math. Yeah. That's not what I'm about. I love connecting with people who are at an age or who are vulnerable in a sense that they're making these life decisions and they're figuring out what they're passionate about and having some type of impact on them. I want to help change people's lives in small ways, big ways, whatever. And I think like my goal or like my dream would be to, you know, eventually get into an area where I'm helping coach student athletes and helping them kind of develop at that next level. I think that would be absolutely sick. I just, I love being around the sport and whether it, like I said, if it brought in $500,000, if it brought in 50,000, I think just being able to be around a sport that I'm so passionate about, um, and being able to be in an industry that I'm passionate about, you know, helping people, um, progress in their physical capabilities is such a cool industry. I currently work in fitness and recovery technology as like a specialist with, um, a company that, uh, The owner, the founder of it, it's like a family, small family business and I knew them from New York City. So I think working in fitness technology is absolutely cool. I get to travel and basically teach people how to use the equipment, what it does, the science and studies behind it. And when I was training in New York City, for example, I worked in a studio that had a lot of, if you will, quote unquote, like biohacking equipment. So I was using PEMF, ARX, FASPR, CAROL, electric muscle stimulation, red light therapy, et cetera with clients and I think it's really fascinating to um, play around with that passion about fitness I love to see the advancements that we're making with like science and data and feedback and things like that so to give you like I don't have an exact answer but I think something along the lines of like whoop for example how they are helping us basically become like the next level of ourselves through like bioavailable like feedback and data doing something along the lines of that like combined with like fitness technology combined with you know helping like student athletes or collegiate athletes basically get to that next level and being able to be a mentor and a coach for them if I could wrap that all up into like one career I think that would be super cool involve some like traveling here and there although I'm in love with Austin now every time I travel I can't wait to get back which I've never been able to say that with anywhere else that I lived I didn't want to leave from vacation but now I'm always ready to get back to Austin I'm doing something along the lines of that and I eventually would love to get on some type of platform potentially like hosting a podcast um, I have a mic and I've been interested in this for years but just never really knew how to get started and the reason that I want to do it is because I love hearing people's stories that's One of the reasons why I am where I am is I will literally just ask someone, who are you, what do you do, how'd you get here? And I love finding out what people's passions are, um, diving into that deeper conversation that maybe they don't get to have that often, finding out who they truly are, their insecurities, their strengths, their weaknesses, what they value in life. I just think it's amazing because there are so many of us with, we all have such unique stories. Even if we come from similar places, like you and I with our story of how we got to where we are, they're still so vastly different. And we could talk for hours about all the things we encountered, we've trialed. So I love getting to connect with people and truly get them to open up. I like having those conversations that you just don't hear anywhere else. Um, And I love being able to talk about all things from like life, mental health, physical health, wellness, you know, sexual health, like so on and so forth, just connecting with people. So if I could eventually get all of that into like one brand, one area, I think it would be sick. But I'm honestly right now open to just the next five years connecting with the most amazing people, trying to help build community where I'm at, because I think you're only as successful as the community around you. And I've never found a community like Austin where, yeah, everyone is health and wellness like focused and entrepreneurially focused. Um, and I've seen that in other places, but everyone here is, I'm doing this, but how can I help you grow? I'm doing this and this is how I'm successful, but what can I do to help make you more successful? And that's just such a cool environment to be in. I really see myself thriving here. Um, but to answer your question entirely, I honestly don't have an exact exact answer because I still don't know what I want it to be. I kind of want it to make want the journey to happen like organically and figure out where I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to be doing. But I'm open to anything as long as it makes me happy and it fulfills me.
0: Yeah, you're open to what the universe brings, which is awesome. And I I love that. I love everything you were talking about. And you want to do it all, which (laughs) is an inspiration and I value that a lot because it's something that motivates me because I I wouldn't lie and say that is easy all the time to try and go after all these different things that I'm doing. What motivates me is being around people like yourself who are comfortable with kind of like having tons of eggs in tons of different baskets and knowing that if some of them crack, like we have friends around us that are willing to help us clean up the mess. And that's what really... I think Austin has done for me. I'm not afraid to go after things and fail and just tell people straight up, like I tried this idea, it didn't work. And here's where I'm at now. And here's where I'm going. And I think that is something that is unique to here. And I haven't been anywhere else because everybody else I think is peacocking a little bit. And I don't know if it's just because we have our own bubble here, but like, I don't know, I haven't really seen anybody that kind of peacocks here because we they they get weeded out really quickly. like if you're if you're not true to what you're really trying to do, like it kind of stands out here versus most people, like no one's ever asked me how much I made or what, what is my salary or what do I do? Like most people don't ask that. They're more so again, like what are you passionate about? Where are you going? Where have you been? Uh, what's your story? And that's something that I'm trying to get out of Austin. Meaning, getting that type of mentality out of Austin through this podcast. And also, I want to help other people, just like you said. So, with your podcast, the question I have for you is when are we recording the first episode? Like, come on. Like, I need to get it. a few things Even, in
1: place. Like, how you kind of get, I'm not tech savvy. I should say, even though I work in fitness tech, I'm not tech savvy when it comes to like <laughs> recording. You are <laughs> not, not
0: tech savvy yet. Yet.
1: I yet. need to take a couple of classes on how to like, um, either edit podcast videos. Or uh, you just
0: come co-work one day. Cause it'll co-work. take you like, it'll take me literally 30 minutes to show you how to do this. And the best thing that you can do, and this is what I did when I started is put five friends on your list that, you know, you can just have a, good conversation on a whim with and just put the headsets on. So and then I don't put your pressure on yourself to, you don't have to release the episodes because the first, the first, my first podcast I never released.
1: Yeah. It'd be fun to release it now though and hear it. I don't even much know if I grown. have them now, like
0: <laughs> it was on my phone on like an anchor account that I think I remade. So it was just like start an anchor and, Literally, I don't even think I had headsets. I just used – I had a dual jack for headphones. So like you could have a – you could put your headphones into the phone and then have a dual jack for it and then you put headphones on like just like AirPods or whatever and then I put them on and then we just sit there and talk like normal in your living room or wherever. Um, And it's funny because the next episode will be episode 100 with Faez, and he started the first episode with me on a Whole Foods rooftop and I have a before – and after photos of everything. So it's like two plus years ago, you're going to have that. So you already have the hardest part of podcasting. You are already good at, which is holding a conversation and then networking with people to be on your podcast. Those are really all that you need for podcasts. Cause the tech stuff, you can just pay somebody else to do. You can't pay somebody to have the conversation, hold the conversation and care enough about the other person and the guests to make that shit happen. So
1: well, I have, so I've done a little bit of the hard work already, which was using my network. I Actually, this is kind of like, again, a plug on create your network. Like, whatever you do, create your network, create your community, because I already have 30-plus people that I've reached out to that I could have good-ass conversations with, all different topics, and every single one of them has just been like, let me know when you get started. And like, it's coming. <laughs> like, I'm going to get it up, but I have the people. I just, I have to get it going, and what's funny is... I think, too, this is just kind of like almost a, even though I have not got started, I think it's kind of like a push and like an invitation to anyone who has anything that they want to do right now. Um, And I have to hold myself accountable here too, is there's never going to be a right time to get something started because you're always going to be busy or have something going on um, in life. Like for example, one of the reasons that I haven't started yet was because um, I was moving around and then the pandemic and I really wanted to, I'm big on having like in-person connection. I think If I could, I would prefer for most of my podcasts to be sitting across from someone to have that connection versus being, you know, virtually and doing it over a computer. So I was kind of waiting until things opened up to where I could travel and meet up with people. But um, just go for it. Like, make it happen because, again, there's always going to be a wrong time. And like I said, I need to hold myself accountable in the podcasting area. But, um, yeah, I think there's just, like, anyone can do anything. That's just what's so cool about this life. Like, I just even just having this conversation right now, like it's just crazy thinking about like, yeah, I could literally start a podcast today if I wanted to. Like that's how the universe works. You just do what you want.
0: That's the best part. I mean, say what you want about like today's day and age and, and what's going on in our world, but like the ability to start something literally at any moment is there. And that is something I'm extremely grateful for because any idea I have within literally 30 minutes, I could pretty much understand how to get that idea started just because of YouTube. That's crazy. Is crazy. Like it's
1: YouTube is like college. Like you, that's a whole university. All I gotta online. do is go.
0: How do I do this? And that's where like my challenge is. Like you already have the stuff set up. Like it just sounds like you just have to put pen to paper and and get it started. But. We're getting close to wrapping up here and I kind of love to shift the last 5 to 10 minutes of this discussion into something I'm I'm super passionate about and it's something my wife is passionate about as well is like more women empowerment and helping women kind of get things off the ground and I think that stems from you're someone that like just seeing you walk into an environment and literally get to know people is super inspiring especially as a man, because I know like just hearing from her, she's walking into a lot of rooms where it's majority men compared to women, especially like in certain spaces of life um, and things that you want to attack. So I'd love if you could just give a little bit of a rundown of like, what are some tips and tricks you have to get women inspired and motivated and to encourage even more women to start ideas and get into the startup world. Because when I look at statistics, it's like the number of men that start companies or businesses or go after part-time things and jobs is way higher than women. And I wanted to change that because some of the best experiences I've ever had in my startup and entrepreneurial endeavors has been working side by side with empowering women because you guys are inspiring as hell. So any advice or tips or tricks that you have would be super helpful.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think naturally women are just more fearful um, of going after things or things failing. I think that maybe comes from more of like a, I don't know, it's like a womanly instinct. Um, but what I, I think and what I would say to any like teenage girl, college girl, woman, grown woman listening to this is you are so knowledgeable and so powerful. And I think that most of the time, especially since I know a lot of like people who listen to this podcast, for example, maybe work in health and wellness or in corporate, your voice needs to be heard just as much as your male counterpart. Um, You know, like Erin, for example, in your relationship, like Erin knows just as much as you. She's such a book of wealth of knowledge. Like every time I speak to her, I learn something new. Um, And she's naturally like, when you have you two together, you're naturally the more dominating personality. And that just happens in every relationship. Like in mine, you know, you've been around us, Corey's naturally more quiet, I'm more bold. Um, What I would just say is just find your voice, like don't be afraid to share it. Um, I've worked in now, like when I worked in New York City, for example, every company that I basically worked for was male dominated. And the way that I just looked at it is like, my voice is going to be heard, it matters just as much as them, female perspective is needed. And if for whatever reason you have a male counterpart who tries to like dim your bulb or make you feel like your voice doesn't even hurt, just put them in their place. Like They'll respect you after that. But I just think, like I said, I think we should stop looking at like knowledge as far as like, well, males have more knowledge on this. Females have more knowledge on this. There are some areas in life where, yeah, like sometimes females know more about like menstrual cycles or like women's health and same thing with guys. But all in all, we live in a world right now where women and men equally have access to the same things, the same books, the same YouTube videos, the same courses online. We're all equally powerful. And I just think, like I said, the it's not really like a tip, but just to find your voice. I, that's that's really all I can say because that's going to be different for everyone depending on what their life looks like, what their career looks like. But find your voice, let it be heard. Um, I would rather like go after this life and know that maybe like I spoke too much sometimes or like said too much in situations where I didn't need to versus never letting anyone hear my thoughts and hear my opinions on things because they're they're valuable. Um, You know, everyone's opinion matters and I would just say, like, let it be heard. Like, that's that's the biggest thing, and it's kind of to your point we touched on earlier. Is like, what's the worst that someone can say to you? No, or I don't like that idea, or you know, whatever. And depending on the situation, I would just say, like, screw them. Yeah. <laughs> or and then yeah. Like, once
0: you do it, it's just like you become way more numb to it. It's just like, oh, it wasn't that bad. And then you're you're able to. I love how you said, um, kind of along the lines of like, define your voice for yourself and to the point of how you're kind of more the bold one and I'm more the bold one in our respective relationships, the cool thing is like we've both defined that for ourselves. So like when we when Aaron and I first started dating, like we kind of fall in line of who's stronger where and then like doubling down on their strengths. And one of the things is while I do try to get her to be a little bit more outgoing and she's helped me become a little bit more introverted to basically recover and recuperate, we're helping each other improve our weaknesses but we're not expecting each other to change. And I think that's what a lot of people have an issue with is they are a certain way so they expect the same way of someone else, but one of the th- the best thing I think I've done in our relationship is like I'm the bold one, but that also means that it doesn't mean that like when she's out on a boat and she can talk to everyone there. I'm just the one that kind of got everybody on the boat and like that's my strength and then her strength is like When you do talk to her, making it a comfortable conversation that is enlightening and intriguing and fun, and you, she's a great active listener and things like that, and I think that is a strength that I see in her that I've learned a lot from, and then she's learned a lot more to like walk in the sun. Like yesterday, kudos to her. Like I, I love our relationship because she'll come home and she'll be like. I wasn't going to go in the sauna, but I'm so happy I did because when I went in there, I said hello to this person and met this. And it's just like, it's so cool to hear that because that is her kind of leaning into a little of the the strengths that I have because she's seen it work for me. So then she goes and she tries it. And then on the other end, the podcast and like doing this has been me kind of leaning into she's very good creatively. Like if you give her a computer or a, a... a camera or her phone. Like she's very good one-on-one creatively. And me watching her do that has allowed me to kind of like with the podcast, I'll go home and I'll edit and like get all creative with these different things. That used to not necessarily be the case for me because all I would do is be running around like a chicken with a head cut off all day, having all these different meetings because that was comfortable to me versus really being like, okay, how can I challenge myself? Um, And that's really what I took from what you just said is just like, For me, if a woman wants to put her foot into the door, like, go do it. Um, And then, again, it's, it's tough. This is why I love these conversations because I want to inspire men to not only get people into the door but allow for the voices to be heard and not just hear them but, like, actually fucking listen to them.
1: Well, find your voice for yourself is what I would say first. Like um, again, life is too short not to share your thoughts, your opinions, your knowledge, your wisdom. Like, who cares if someone doesn't want to hear it? If someone doesn't appreciate it, that's their loss. But don't look back and realize that there was wasted conversations because you were scared to speak up. And second of all, to your point as far as like reflecting off our relationships, not only speak up for yourself, but speak up for your coworker, speak up for, you know, your partner, because the exact same thing has happened in my relationship where I've always been extremely blunt, extremely outgoing, extremely loud. And there are parts of Corey that I have seen. And I'm like, I admire how he handled the situation versus how I normally would. Or I admire how he handles his work days or stress, like stress loads rather than what I've been doing. And I think that you don't realize if, you never speak up, you may be keeping someone else from becoming better too. And that's powerful. We should want everyone around us to continue to, you know, improve. And I think lastly, on a little bit of a different note, but kind of same conversation, um, when we're speaking about moving around and traveling. um, I know sometimes like I've had a lot of females reach out to me and say, how did you move across the country? Like by yourself? I'm like, I'm scared. I'm alone. Now, obviously I did have my boyfriend with me in Arizona and I did have him with me in New York city. But what I would say to anyone that wants to move, but is scared to because they are, you know, a younger female on their own. There are so many Facebook groups. There are so many Instagram groups. You can find roommates. Just put yourself out there, make new friends, meet people, and you won't be alone. And it's a way to find new friends, find new people that you connect with around the country, but it's also a way for you, again, it's, you know, an invitation to move and try life with someone else. So don't be afraid that you're going to be alone because in today's society, We never are. There are so many groups online, in person, whatever.
0: To your point earlier of like mindset, like life is so mindset driven now. Like alone is a mindset. Yeah. Like because of the tools we have, like everyone has a cell phone. Everyone has an Instagram. Everyone has a Facebook. Now- for those out there, not everybody I know, like there's people in the world that are not privileged enough to have those things. I get it. But I'm saying from a majority standpoint, from a statistical standpoint, most people have phones. Most people have internet access for the most part. So you're you're technically not alone. And you could... This is the coolest thing. You can move to a city before you even move there. So that's that's how I operate now. It's like, if I know I'm going to move somewhere six months in advance, I'm going to build my network in that city and get on Zoom calls before I even get there. Yep. And then that way I vet who do I really want to go have coffee with after I've had a Zoom call or FaceTime or an IG live with them. But unfortunately, man, I could sit here and talk to you all day, <laughs> Ali. It's no. awesome. Um, and I can't wait to see you flourish on your podcast and hopefully... I get asked to be a guest, um, but until then, the last couple of things we have to run through is for those of the audience that connected with your story and would love to connect with you, what is the best way for them to get in contact with you?
1: Instagram. I'm always on Instagram connecting with random people everywhere. My um, handle is at Allie, A-L-L-I-E underscore Holcomb, H-O-L-C-O-M-B-E. And I've done a couple other podcasts and that's where people have reached out and I love it. Like, I love conversations. They can be intimate. They can be casual, but reach out. I love meeting new people.
0: Heck yeah. And the last question that we ask everybody, super simple, but might not be super simple to answer. So I'm going to give you a couple seconds to think about it. What does thriving mean to you?
1: Yeah, it's a deep question. (laughs) Thriving to me means kind of, we've covered it today, I think. Thriving to me means waking up and truly enjoying the life that I'm living. I, again, I'm not someone who can fake it. At 25 years old, I learned at a really young age that life is goes by quick. I've lost a lot of really important people to me in my young years, um, and I just realized that we really are living for every single day. Um, and the reason that I think, you know, you and Aaron's story with Thrive on Life resonates with me so much, um, you know, losing someone so close to you guys and making every heartbeat count for them. I lost my like absolute best friend when I was in high school, 16 years old, car accident. We played basketball together. And it sounds like, I know it sounds so cliche on a podcast. And if you, unless you've lost someone close to you, maybe it doesn't hit as As much as home. But I know that like when I've been to your events and you always give that reminder that who are you doing this for? You're tapped out, you're tired, but like who are you doing this for right now? Who can't be here to hit that last burpee, you know, hit that last push-up? It really always puts it into perspective. It's such a quick reminder that man, life is it is short. It can be gone in five minutes, it can be gone in five days. So seriously, if you're not waking up and you're not enjoying who you're around, what you're doing, you're not happy with the environment that you're in, leave, get out, find a new path because it's, just, it's, it's too short not to be to be thriving, not to be happy.
0: Mic drop. Oh, <laughs> chills. Yeah, that was so awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. And just thank you so much for for showing up the way that you do, not only here today, but in the entire community here in Austin, Texas. I'm so happy that you're here. You're going on is it like seven months now, eight months, nine months, going to be a year in October. So just looking forward to everything that's coming your way and how I can continue to be of service to your dreams and what you're up to. But at the end of every episode, I kind of give a little bit of a rundown of what was the biggest takeaway was for me. And to be honest, it was towards the end, it was let your voice be heard. And I think that's something that just hearing that throughout the early stages of my life, I didn't really, I thought I was going after the things that I really wanted to, but I kind of let the voices of other people creep into where I should be going, what I should be doing. And until like the past five years, I've really been leaning into my own voice and what do I want to put out in this world and where do I want to be and not being strapped to any title, amount of money, place, other than the things that I want to go after. And for all the women out there, I highly encourage you connect with Allie and figure out how to get your voice heard because she's inspired me to continue to do what I do. And I just want to say thank you all for tuning in and looking forward to the next episode, which is 100. So until then, (laughs) this is CJ Finley with the Thrive on Life podcast. Thrive on y'all.